writers, game masters, and creatives back to the World Builders Tavern. We are here for season two and we're super excited. We have some great content planned and we cannot wait to keep talking about all things world building. So thank you so much for coming back. Today we are talking about Wheel of Time, specifically the TV adaptation of the novels by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. So spoilers for the TV show in particular, but we probably will also talk some book stuff. So spoilers in general for that whole series, uh, be warned. With that said, we would love it if you would grab an ale, pull up a chair and come talk about it with us. I am Emma, your friendly barkeep along with Allison. Hello. And Christiana. Hi. And we are so happy to have you here once again. Cheers. 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 So happy to be here again. Also, my husband told me that we should say pull up a stool because it's more tavernish. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay, pull up a stool, pull up a chair. Uh, If you want to lurk in the corner with your hood drawn, smoking a pipe and staring at us, feel free. With Uh, a little like amber (laughs) flicker in your eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like that there we go pull up a chair slash stool um quick housekeeping thing my audio might sound a little bit weird i am currently living in ireland and i didn't have my mic so i've been using my airpods to record i do now have a mic uh so but we record these episodes a little bit out of order so the next few episodes my sound quality might be a little bit different just heads up um so stick with us and you'll get to hear my really crystal clear new audio in a few <laughs> episodes yeah that's uh that's the special treat people who listen all the way through our uh, season uh so today's uh tv show wheel of time uh so i'm gonna do like a broad strokes kind of breakdown of what it's about here and of course there's a lot more this is just the main plot points but this series follows moraine a member of the eyes to die a powerful organization of women who can channel the one power which is magic in this world uh with her warder lan she seeks a group of young villagers from the secluded two rivers region of andor following an attack on their village believing one of them is the reincarnation of the dragon, an extremely powerful channeler or magic user who broke the world. The dragon reborn is prophesied to either save the world from a primordial evil known as the Dark One or break it once more. (laughs) So we have all have different experiences with this series. So Ali, I believe you've read all the books. Is that correct? I have read all the books and I really loved the show. So I'm so excited to talk about it with you guys. I have not. They've been on my, like, to read. I feel like, you know, as a fantasy reader, you have to read The Wheel of Time, so I feel very remiss that I have not gotten into it. I mean, you (laughs) don't have to. It's a fairly old series at this point. I can't remember. It's like 90s or is it 80s even? How? It's not. I don't think it's 80s. I think it's Okay, it's 90s. Yeah. But it's like 14 books long, isn't it? And they're all, like, hefty tomes. (laughs) So I don't begrudge anyone who decides (laughs) not to read them. But now there's a more accessible way to get into them. If you don't have time to read 14, you know, 400 page novels, you can watch the TV show. I I know a lot of people who love the books are mad that the TV show is a little different. Mm, Such is the case. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that. I feel like that happens every every single adaptation. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's not a reason for me to dislike something anymore. Like, I think I used to be that person. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, TV is a completely different, a different medium. Yeah. And so I expect it to be different. I expect, uh, like, you can't 
adapt you can't show a 400,000 word book exactly as it no. is yeah. yeah and then it's just then it's just the book then you just read the you book you might as well read the book then it's yeah. a different thing yeah. yeah i feel like yeah like that's not automatically a reason to dislike it it can differences yeah. can suck like there's examples mm-hmm. of it being done badly but mm-hmm. there's examples of differences that are like good and necessary so it's all contextual it's, what also always kind of gets me about that argument is like wouldn't it be boring just to watch like a shot for yeah. shot in- exact <laughs> remake of the book I mean, not even like storytelling wise but i'm like you've already seen it. you've already experienced this <laughs> in one form why does it need to be like every single line of dialogue is the exact same and like that's the reason i haven't really watched the disney remakes but i know some mm. people really like them i guess i don't know right i'm assuming so but i've never met somebody who really yeah. likes them so i'm wondering who is keeping these i like the aladdin remake Okay, I I'll, I'll own it. I think yeah. it's really good. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's it's a Disney movie, but I've heard that Disney's remaking them to like because the copyrights are about to the expire IP. and all of yeah. them. Uh... Yeah, so it's like they don't even care if people like them; they just want to keep owning it, which sounds <laughs> yeah, just like corporate. I totally buy that corporate Disney is doing that. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. I think it is kind of fun seeing live action i guess in, in a movie you i don't know a movie you really adore come to yeah life, but yeah. yeah or a new I've, interpretation of, yeah yeah anyway um, back to back wheel of, to wheel yeah, of time yeah <laughs> <laughs> although you know we do have our uh, our after hour shows on patreon now so that's kind of what we talk about as we go off the rails a little bit so there's yeah. like a sneak preview if you want to subscribe to our patreon that's what you get <laughs> go um, off the rails even more than in the podcast y- oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's so much to talk about about this world. Um, well, I have a question. Y- yeah, yeah. If, no, I was yeah. going to say, like, um, I know that you have a bunch of stuff you want to talk about, so, so kick it off. I do. I have so much stuff. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> the so This is a very, very complex world. Mm, like, yes. just the magic system alone is complex, and then it's got so many things on top of it. Something, one thing I noticed is, like, Often Robert Jordan has two names for the same thing, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Aes Sedai, Channelers, uh, the mm-hmm. Chosen are also called the Forsaken, like, just, like, it's very realistic that that is the mm-hmm. case, because we do that in yeah. our world, too. But, um, and there's just so much. So I watched this show with my husband, and I kept pausing it to, like, explain stuff to him, not because... <laughs> I needed to, but just because I wanted to. Because I'm like, oh, the show didn't go into this. I have to tell you about this. Um, But I'm curious about how you felt about how it distilled world information and, like, dripped it through to you. Because, like, was it too much? Or did you ever feel like you didn't understand anything? Or were you following along pretty well? I felt lost. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Not, like insanely lost but you know it's like when you when like it felt like the first chapter of a fantasy book like you know when you're reading it and they just start throwing out all these random words uh-huh. you're, you're like oh and then we went to the gabagool to gabama and you're just like ah <laughs> like what's, what's happening there was definitely a couple moments like that where i was like sorry wait a second and like especially with like the the fancy name for the channelers and everything it took me a solid 30 seconds to be like oh that's the same thing okay yeah. i get it where i'm picking up what you're putting down so yeah i i felt like 
I don't know in some ways because I've never read the books but I know that they have a reputation for being like very rich very intense world building like mm -hmm. all of that and I didn't get that from the show um which I was a little bit so I was a little bit disappointed because I was like oh well I was expecting this like incredibly like I was expecting kind of like a Game of Thrones like mm -hmm. TV show which I think especially the like early seasons did a really good job of going super in depth with the world building and I felt like maybe this show struggled with that a little bit like they weren't sure what to go in depth with or to stay shallow on and so sometimes that did make it a bit confusing because it's like mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this is supposed to be something that I get yes. a deeper understanding of or I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a shallow understanding but then with the shallow understanding I feel like I don't get it enough so I yeah I feel like maybe they just weren't because I know that like 14 trying to distill this amount of like world and lore and text is tough so I feel like maybe they struggled with that a little bit or that could just be me because I know I struggled with it a little bit so I'd love to like no, push I, it onto them and be like it's their fault <laughs> but like I, th I think actually you nailed it why the moments where I was feeling lost were the moments where I was like is this important information that do I, I should yeah, know do I, yeah and I I've, it hasn't been mentioned before did I just miss something or <laughs> Is it just like a throwaway, like, hey, mm -hmm. our world is intense kind of thing? So, yeah, oh, that's interesting. How did you I, feel about it, Allie? Like, because obviously you have all the background. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to see it from an outsider's perspective. I thought mm -hmm. they did really good. So, maybe mm -hmm. it was, maybe it is for Wheel of Time fans. Maybe, yeah, sure. maybe when I read the book, it'll yeah. like click and I'll be like, oh, that's um, the like, yeah. But I do feel like they simplified a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Mm -hmm. But it was it's it's still a lot. So yes. yeah. for yeah. like a newcomer, yeah. So I'm not sure. One thing I found interesting is they tried to be a bit more feminist and yes, um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's the world the word? I mean, woke is a bad word now, but it really just means aware of injustice and stuff. Yeah. And so I think yeah. they. So one thing they did is. Um, when Moraine goes to the two rivers to find, um, she's looking for the dragon, right? Yeah. The dragon reborn. And in the books, it's known that the dragon is a man. So oh. she doesn't think Egwene or Nynaeve might be the dragon. And in this, they're like, oh, any of these five yeah. people. Yeah, oh, that the is interesting. Be a woman. But okay. It, and I found that interesting because the whole point of the dragon reborn is that he's a man and that his power is, like, corrupt. And that's why it's ah. so scary because they don't know if he's going to choose the dark one or not. And so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I think it kind of worked, though, right? Interesting. That I See, I didn't know that. So that, yeah, that definitely gets... And I feel like in the show, they were almost... They were leaning into it almost like a misdirect because I feel like at the show, it, it seemed like... Because there's even, like, in the very first episode, there's a thing where they're like, you know, oh, which one of them do you think is the dragon? And then it immediately cuts to Egwene. So you kind of yeah. wonder, like, oh, is yeah. that the TV, like, thing, like, hinting at her? So I feel like they were, like... Hint, hint, nod, nod. Yeah. 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 yeah so, they, so that's very interesting that in the book, it's automatically a man, which, yeah, would definitely so... give it a different perception of it right off the bat she huh. she thinks it's matt perrin or rand and Egwene kind of follows them on her own or so or it does or is it yeah. i can't remember my memory is bad but uh moraine takes Egwene to become an eye because she is a powerful uh channeler yeah ah. so yeah huh i like that change like i think that that's interesting like i like that in the show yeah that was and she also only the three are to which are these 
people that like shape the pattern of the world around them instead of uh just being woven into the pattern mm, right right you but don't listen in, to the wind the wind listens to you yeah but and, in yeah in the mo- in the show all three of them are Taverin, and i liked that because Nynaeve and Egwene really do have a huge impact on the world, so yeah. it makes sense. Interesting. I did, so I, I have mixed opinions about how they pulled it off. Because, like, so, for example, that, I, li- like, I like that, so I didn't even know that that was a change, so I like that. Mm-hmm. One thing that I sometimes um, not get frustrated with, but, like, find a little bit heavy-handed sometimes, or, or not executed as well when they, when they try and... Um, make feminist texts that weren't originally Mm -hmm. and I like when they do that because I am a feminist and I think that equality and stuff is important and representation but some of the things in the show still feel as though they are a response to patriarchy whereas if you're in a world that doesn't have that as much you should like so in the very beginning when they're doing her braid ceremony and they push her in the river they go into a lot about to be a woman is to be alone and like we are a woman and we are all together and that feels like a response to patriarchy like that feels like women pushing back against a patriarchal world whereas you're trying to make a more egalitarian so sometimes I which but I think that's just a natural response of if you're creating art in a patriarchal society that kind of comes through but I also feel like sometimes sometimes I don't want to have to respond to patriarchy in my media sometimes I just want it to be an egalitarian society where we're not struggling with that so just the mood that I was in or something but I was kind of just like oh, I don't want there to be like just just let me have my egalitarian <laughs> world and not have to respond to it yeah yeah I could see that and I find the whole like the binary of the magic system as a non-binary mm. person I'm like but yeah, what would yeah. I do <laughs> I want okay, to I really want to talk about this <laughs> yeah. um so the one power is split into two sides Sidon and Sidar which females use Sidar and males use Sidon and I just don't like it's so old I know. It's, it's not the 90s. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. and it doesn't really go into the show at least at this point, but men are better at fire and earth and women are better at water and air, right? And people are uh, Wheel of Time fans are going to be but Egwene, Egwene's strong in earth and I I know. I know Egwene is strong in earth, but she's the exception, not the rule. Um, yeah. And so, uh, I, I just hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy about that. Um, although if you're going to do something like that, I think if you're building a world where it is like, there are powers and things like very much attributed to what I think would be a neat world is like, what if there's a non-binary person in the world and they get to do both? They can Mm. wield both. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like that would be kind of cool. Like interact with the magic, but like yeah, or or like a trans person trying to change their magic because they want to fit in with like if they're trying to match the magic to their appearance and and to their inside and everything like that. Like there there could be interesting things you do with it, but but you have to engage with it, yeah, and like think about those exceptions or not exceptions. Think about those things that break your rule that you've established. Yeah, yeah. There's one thing in the book that sort of touches on this. Um, a chosen 
who's a man dies and gets reborn as a woman, but he still channels the male side of the power. So I thought that was interesting. See, that's kind of neat. Um, but that's really the only thing, and and the whole deal with the powers, like women can see their own weaves. Mm-hmm. They can and see other can. people, women channeling, but men can't, and vice versa. So, mm-hmm. um, in the second season, um, Maureen gets a block put on her, but she mm-hmm. thinks she's been stilled because it was done by a man, and he like tied it off, which is like an old power that doesn't exist anymore. And so, I thought that was really neat. That didn't happen in the book, and I really liked that. Oh, okay. Um, but speaking of female male magic systems, I actually wrote an article on Tor.com comparing Wheel of Time's gendered magic to the gendered magic system in the novel Iron Widow by Zirin oh, J. Zhao. That's on which my is, TBR, yes. It's actually, we're planning on talking about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'll finally have so to So <laughs> Iron Widow also has a gendered magic system. Um spoiler warning skip like 10 seconds ahead if you don't want to hear a spoiler about iron widow um iron widow's system is tied into the societal structure and it the magic oh. itself actually doesn't work that way but yes people just think it does and that, so it's all, that yeah. makes sense cool. to me like yeah. that's oh that's yeah. my jam i love power structures yeah. and how people create them and so having that in a match so, oh my god now i'm so excited to read i know that it's even more. really good so i i kind of compared the two and was like this is this is better <laughs> and and i mean it was written like last year or a couple of years ago so yeah. and wheel of time was written in 1990 and by a man so i don't know it's no offense men from the 90s but you yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've come we've come some way at least, so yes. that's nice. It yeah, and it is interesting to think about how because I imagine that like, um, even you know this this in the '90s is probably relatively progressive, like having women being the like you know better magic wielders or like you know the men having the corrupted thing. Um, so like yeah, credit where credit is due, but thinking we've come that a lot I was like farther. that was yeah probably would have been a little bit controversial in the 90s like oh and then all the men went crazy Ooh, i yeah, could totally see some guys the being like, I would die crazy yeah. the i said i are kind of in charge mm-hmm. the women yeah. um yeah. so that would and also robert jordan's women are all very strong um actually sometimes to the point of them all being the same personality they're all stubborn mm, i've heard that about his yeah uh like have tempers so i would like some differing personalities you know (laughs) but yeah uh that's something although i i remember getting really annoyed in the book because male characters are constantly thinking oh i just don't understand women they make me so mad (laughs) and then the women the women are doing the same oh i just don't understand the the men they're so annoyed you know and i'm like is are they really like just robert jordan seemed to think they were completely different species or something you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's so it is it is interesting to see something that is yeah like of a different kind being adapted into a not only a different genre but a different like 
worldview and like yeah. a perspective and where we've come and like yeah so which is also I think good to kind of update your media um but I know that that's very controversial and and so yeah it's an interesting discussion mm-hmm. and speaking of perspectives one thing they did in the show was really focused on Moraine it's almost like you said mm. in the description it's almost Moraine's story which I found really neat because in the book it's I don't even remember I don't think you get a chapter from Moraine's point of view at least not in the first book hmm. it's all about it's all from Rand Nynaeve Egwene Perrin or Matt per, their perspective I just have to say very rare that it happens but every once in a while I encounter a name and media that is so out of place it pulls me right out of it why is his name Matt <laughs> Everyone else has such. (laughs) They're like, oh, but it's just with one T, (laughs) so it's special. I don't know. It just as soon as I heard that, I was like, really? Everyone else has such cool names, and that's funny. That I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It must be short for some longer fantasy name. I think it's Matrim. Matrim Kathan. So see, that's cool. <laughs> and that's such a small nitpicky thing it doesn't yeah, actually it, matter it is, but it was definitely yeah. i had like a split second where i was like what <laughs> okay uh, that's awesome anyway i really like that they focused on moraine because mm-hmm. i didn't get that mm-hmm. from the book and so in the books you kind of see her as this ambiguous really cool keeping everything to herself character mm. and in the show she's much more like human and scared and they Mm -hmm. added in this relationship with swan which i loved they made them lesbians which isn't in the book i don't think there are any female female romances in the book i think it's all male female so i really enjoyed that i thought that was wonderful moraine's definitely my favorite character Mm -hmm. watching it like she's partially just because the actor is so good oh rosamund is amazing so good Yeah. yeah just like it's hard to beat. Um, yeah. But I did like that kind of like, I don't like it all the time when the person like leading, like the the leader of, of the protagonists of the story is like just completely infallible. Mm-hmm. It gets like a little mm-hmm. boring after a while, but she mm-hmm. was like a very full-fledged human. Like she had mm-hmm. moments of vulnerability and fear and things like that. And you could even just see it on her face that even when she was confidently saying something, I was like, I feel like you're not actually all that confident, but you're putting on a brave face, you know? And that's so much more realistic and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. In season two, she becomes even more human and scared because she was, she thought she lost the power at the end of yeah. season one. And so season two, a lot of season two is her dealing with that dealing with- and she does not deal with it well. <laughs> and, um, that it was just so human. There are just so many good scenes. And then her with Swan and their relationship falls apart in season two. Because <gasps> oh. Swan, um, she decides that they need to control the dragon because what they're doing isn't working. And Moraine's like, no, he needs to go free. And then there's a scene in the latest episode where she forces Moraine to do something by oh. that oath that Moraine swore on the the magic rod. <gasps> and you could just no, no, no. see the look in both of their eyes. They're both just like, like about to has try, cry. Yeah, yeah they're uh. like, our relationship is never going to be the same again. 
because of what you've just made me do and they both know it and i was oh i just it was so good the acting is so good in this show it really yeah. is the wigs are not as good the acting oh no is i just oh, noticed that rain's <laughs> wig in particular i'm just like oh i don't yeah but that's not that <laughs> <laughs> the acting um, makes up for it <laughs> also hats off to madeline madden who plays Egwene in season oh. two um i know christiana hasn't seen season two yet so i'm spoiling it for yeah. you but That's she okay, gets she gets captured by these people called the Shan Chan, and they put her in a collar that lets someone else control her power, and just her trying to fight against this, and oh, it's so good. Her acting's so yeah. good. Anyway, Ooh. yeah. No, well, now I'm excited for season two. <laughs> yeah, I know it's already out, but. <laughs> Yeah, I I really I think I liked season two better than season one. Oh, really? Is, season yeah. one, I will say, like as someone who hasn't read the books, uh, just going into the show, it for the first little bit, it felt just so typically fantasy, mm, like a generic. That, yeah, it felt yes, it, it felt almost generic, which is tough when you're when you're adapting material that came. That is the blueprint because it's the blueprint, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of it's sometimes tough like that. Um, but about halfway through the season, then I was like, okay, there's actually some really unique and interesting things going on here. Actually, I think it was maybe even just like the first two episodes where I'm like, okay, so there's wizards, and then the town gets attacked <laughs> by a bunch of monsters. What's it's new? Like how every kind D&D of thing. campaign starts. Starts, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think the first couple episodes, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's fantasy, and yeah. then it started, started going. I especially felt like Rand is just your generic kind of meh character, and I kind of still yeah. think that he's not that mm. interesting. <laughs> Um, which is funny because three yeah. separate women fall in love with him. But um, <laughs> that's do you think that was like someone's self insert writing? I Maybe. always find like whenever an author is like, and everyone's in love with the main character. I'm like, <laughs> someone's working out some stuff through a story. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say if if it's the author or if the author is intending you to the, mm, the reader the, the reader to insert yourself yeah, yeah exactly yeah when you have yeah. kind of a bland character like that so i don't know yeah i did i do i don't know i do like him which i feel like i think because he doesn't have you can tell that he doesn't have a strong sense of self at the beginning of the series mm-hmm. like he's very much about like Egwene and like she's a lot of his personality and mm-hmm. like yeah um which like he even gets like teased about in the beginning of the series and mm-hmm. so to like you know be watching him on that journey I think is is interesting um and he is a teenage boy so yeah yes. they well, don't I, always I was, have I a good sense the ages of like they because they got aged up from the books if I remember correctly right like are they supposed to be teenagers in the show or are they like because I know Egwene is like 26 the actor for Egwene no, Egwene herself, because they oh. mentioned that because she got her braid. Oh, no, sorry, Nynaeve is 26. So Egwene would be 20 is when Nynaeve they get their braids. Nynaeve is older. Yeah. But I feel like in the book it was like 21, like not that old. And okay. then all the the other four were like 18-ish, I think. Okay, because I, I remember that there is in like the first or second episode, Moraine has a conversation with Nynaeve and she's like, oh, you've had that braid for like how long? Five years? Yeah. Like 26. 
And yes, then, yeah, so I, I guess that. the others yeah. are all like twenty, early twenties. Nynaeve is too old to be the dragon, but in the show, Moraine still considers her because she's so powerful <laughs> or something. Like, okay, but you know like that an she's Anakin, not. Like, an Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Is is twenty five the cutoff for the dragon? Uh, no, uh, Moraine just knows like the year the dragon was born because in the in the second season there's a scene where her and swan are with an Sedai who like prophesied it and saw it as it was happening so like so she knows the exact date gotcha yeah yeah i feel like that would be a lot easier search is to just ask everyone's birthdays (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) versus looking for power like if you know their exact birth date yeah but um, that would be a very boring story. So. <laughs> just them going through birth records for Yeah, they're just episodes. in a library. In the first season, I did question, maybe they'll change who the dragon is. Maybe they'll just oh, yeah. make a really big change. Oh, that would have been a change. very different thing. But I think people would have been too mad about that. Yeah, so. that's, a that's a big story. Yeah, like, that would be shift. very yeah. different. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the dragon, um, let's talk about the chosen one trope a little bit, because that's a trope that comes mm. up a lot um, and was in this one. But I thought it was a little bit, like, interestingly different than some other media. What did you guys think of the whole chosen one prophecy dragon reborn thing? I'm a sucker for the chosen one trope. Like, I'm always going to <laughs> enjoy it kind of thing. It just depends on... I kind of liked this one because it's like, no one would particularly want to be this chosen one, I think. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas, and you do see You're that a lot to go because it always comes with responsibility. Yeah. But yeah, this one is like, it's going to kill you in some fashion, in some way, shape, yeah. or form. You're going to lose yourself entirely. Yeah. That's a lot. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> so I do, I thought that was like an interesting take on it because usually mm-hmm. with the chosen one, it's like, you see the character reject their title because they're like, I don't want this responsibility. I'm just a little guy from Iowa or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> how could I possibly be the chosen one? Um, but this one, it's very like, I don't so want things are about to get very bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Very, very bad, very fast. So I really like how Rand reacts to being the chosen. Because at first, it is sort of that reaction of this is awful and I don't want it. But yeah. eventually it, he he accepts it, but he is so angry that mm. Aya Sedai are trying to control, everyone's trying to control him, including mm-hmm. the pattern itself, like mm-hmm. the world, yeah. it, the fate itself is trying to control him. And he's so angry. And at, there's points in the book where he makes decisions just to not do the thing that he's mm, supposed to do or that so people realistic. think he will yeah. do. That is, yeah. And I really liked that because that, yeah. yeah, so realistic. What a, like, I would feel probably the same. Everyone's yeah. trying to make me, manipulate me, and I can't trust anybody. And yeah. 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 And I feel like a lot of Chosen One stories don't go as far as that. Like you'll get a little bit of them being resentful or you'll get some of their inner monologue where they're resentful, but usually in action they always kind of just go along with it even if they're reluctantly Mm -hmm. i think we don't see as much of the like actively fighting back or like disobeying sort of thing yeah like he still wants to do his duty he still wants to defeat the dark lord and Mm -hmm. everything he just is sick of people 
telling him what yeah. to do and like yeah. just the weight of his responsibility grows yeah. and grows on him throughout the books and until he becomes very jaded and mm. hardened Aww. which is very different <laughs> from this this young boy you see like, in yeah. the first that's like, happy what golden would retriever. happen though <laughs> yeah yeah like that's a realistic i don't i would be yeah probably very mm-hmm. very even if i didn't go insane yeah. I'd probably be really rude by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> like I would probably wouldn't nice be like, I'd be like a very uh unpleasant person to be around yeah. in general, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I also I like the whole like reincarnation aspect to the chosen one thing because I just think that that's a fun kind of um mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes it a little bit different than other chosen one stories, which I think is kind of yeah. Fun. He does experience some memories of his past life later, mm-hmm. which is always uncomfortable. <laughs> mm, uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So I guess it kind of is like it kind of gives me like it's a little bit like Avatar because I guess Avatar also has like a reincarnation yep. chosen one sort of yep. thing, which is which is interesting. Um, but without as many, you know, dire consequences. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, we might talk more about this in our after hours oh, sure episode, <laughs> which you can get if you join our Patreon. But maybe I will move into our proprietor's pick at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the very book that I just talked about, Iron Widow by Zirin J. Um It's like warning it's very different from wheel of time but because of the gendered magic system i really encourage people to read it and it's very feminist which i love so here's the description the boys of Huaxia dream of pairing up with girls to pilot chrysalises giant transforming robots that can battle the mecha aliens that lurk beyond the great wall it doesn't matter that the girls often die from the mental strain when 18-year-old Zishin offers herself up as a concubine pilot, it's to assassinate the ace male pilot responsible for her sister's death. But she gets her vengeance in a way nobody expected. She kills him through the psychic link between pilots and emerges from the cockpit unscathed. She is labeled an Iron Widow, a much-feared and much-silenced kind of female pilot who can sacrifice boys to power up chrysalises instead. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that, that sounds also gives me like... like Pacific Rim. Yes. <laughs> yes, or um, yeah. this an anime, uh, Darling in the Franks, isn't it? Where it's the same thing, where it's boys and girls piloting like giant mechs. The giant mech pilot is not new. It's very popular in anime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, interesting. This is, it's so much fun. I'm really excited to read it with you. Um, and very angry great. feminist main characters. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love, and, love it. Uh, Chinese lore, mythology, history. Ooh. So, uh, oh, that's I, awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about it with you guys and podcast listeners. You should read the book read and then you'll be yeah. prepped for that episode. We start, we're starting to give you homework. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's good. homework. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Didn't she recently author? Didn't she recently publish another book, or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, she wrote a middle grade novel, Zachary Ying something, and 
Iron Widow number two is coming out next. Oh, okay. That's, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Is the, you also might sometimes I confuse her with R.F. Quang, who just wrote the, Babel. The, yes, and the Poppy War. And the Poppy and War. Yellow Face. They are different, but different both authors. very good. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. They're both, and they're both on my TBR. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Amazing. Well, with that, I think we're headed into last calls. So. Here is where we're going to give you listeners some things to think about based on the world building and the Wheel of Time. So, Ali, as our resident Wheel of Time expert, uh, what do you think our listeners can learn from this series about world building? Goodness. (laughs) I don't remember everything that we talked about. Or do you want Um, want us to come back to you? (laughs) Yeah, someone else go. (laughs) Um, I can do one. So I think... um, we didn't talk about it, but I but one thing that I think is important when you're world building is to early on in your world, um, what's the best way to phrase this? Establish what is different about your world than people would assume. So I'm thinking specifically mm. like Wheel of Time, the TV show, um, in the beginning episodes establishes that it's a much more egalitarian society mm-hmm. than like typical medieval England and also establishes that it's like pretty LGBTQ friendly, like even when they're first at the bar with the um, bartender who ends up like betraying them and being like a dark friend. She like makes an offhand comment about how Matt and Rand are like a couple and it's not like a big deal. It's just like, oh yeah, you and your partner can like stay here sort of thing. So it's, and those two things we usually, in usually in medieval settings and medieval fantasy, you experience worlds that are like sexist and homophobic. So if your world is not those things or if your world in some other way differs from the stereotypical world, I think it's kind of important to let your audience know that right off the bat so that they know Mm. what kind of world that they're in so and you can just do that in really subtle ways like they did like an offhand comment here or there establishes what your society is like and that way you know you don't have your audience going two or three books assuming one thing and then finding out oh no the world actually isn't like that Mm, so yeah I think I have similar advice so I'm going to (laughs) jump in because it's kind of the opposite um if you're writing in a or if you're creating a world that is pretty well established fantasy world, you can trust your readers. Mm. You know, you don't have to explain that there aren't cars in a medieval <laughs> world kind of thing. Yeah, or even yeah. small things like the money and stuff like that. They didn't take a ton of time explaining like, and this is a shilling and this is how much a shilling is worth. And this is a gonzo. And this is, you know what I mean? Like they just toss a few coins on the table Trust your readers. They're familiar enough with that kind of setting to get that the three coins are probably a decent amount of coins. Like in that first episode when they all kind of chip in and give them the coins. Yeah. Like you don't need to go super in depth with some of these things. You can trust your reader. We've, If you're watching Wheel of Time, you've probably read or seen a lot of fantasy and seen the exchange of coins (laughs) before. (laughs) Do you know what that means? (laughs) Just trust them. Yeah. I think if I can like amalgamate our advice, it's kind of like no your tropes like know the tropes know the setting for your genre and then know what to and then like explain what you have to and don't explain what you don't have yeah, to but you don't there you yeah. go know your tropes people okay <laughs> my advice is what your characters believe to be true about the world might not actually be true Ooh. and Ooh. i always find that really yeah. fun i love yeah. that yeah. so for example if they believe the magic to be gendered, maybe it really isn't. And maybe mm-hmm. those beliefs come from somewhere else. Or they believe the power works a certain way. And Wheel of Time 
does that to some extent, but I think you could think about that even more when you're writing. Because sometimes when we're writing, we come up with this wonderful world and we're like, this is the way it is. And all the characters know that this is how it is. But you could play with that and you can play with, maybe you as the author know something that your characters don't and then you get to reveal it later. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Or, you, or, I mean, maybe you never have to reveal it. Maybe the characters all kind of have a slightly different understanding of something and it's mm-hmm. never like, there never is an absolute truth as to, oh, this was the correct thing all along. It's like, well, mm-hmm. people still have different thoughts about what it was, which is very realistic and makes your world feel I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, with a 14 book series, I'm sure that there's a lot more that we can learn from this. So I'm yeah. excited to keep seeing the show <laughs> and like where they take it and how many seasons it ends up being. And eventually, one of these days, I will get around to actually reading it. I mean, no pressure. I don't... uh, There... Yeah. (laughs) It feels like one of those foundational texts that, like, at some point, I have to read. I I guess, but I am also like, you know, there are new books coming out, like, by women and people of color and, you know, LGBTQ people that maybe I'd encourage you also read. Oh, yes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Uh, Read Which, a variety. Of course you so. will, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but with that, I think we are at closing time. <clears throat> Thank you so much for joining us at the Tavern. We hope that you're going to stick with us through season two. We've got some exciting stuff coming. We've already recorded a bunch of episodes, which have been going Including really well. Including an interview yes. with an author. Yes, we yes. have some very some yeah. guests coming on this season, which we're super yeah. excited about. So stay tuned for that. If you just can't get enough of us, you can also find us on Discord. We have a World Builders Tavern writers and World Builders community, which is super exciting. So head on over there. You can follow us on Twitter at WB Tavern Pod. And you can follow us on TikTok and see Christiana's gorgeous face on at World Builders Tavern. And of course, you can join our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash World Builders Tavern for extra after hours episodes where we kind of chat more freely less formally we discuss character and plot and don't just stick to world building and sometimes we just go completely off the rails and talk about cats for 20 minutes so (laughs) come join us there for behind the scenes updates we cannot wait to see you next time but for now you gotta get out of here bye graham (laughs) i realized i took christiana's line (laughs) you did you stole my line i'm sorry (laughs) that's okay it's allowed so long people see you next time